Welcome to the Fatherhood Challenge Podcast. The Fatherhood Challenge is a movement to awaken and inspire fathers everywhere to take great pride in their role and to challenge society to understand how important fathers are to the stability of an environment and culture. We're going to encourage and challenge each other to step up and do courageous things that make our families and communities better places. So let's get to it. Thank you for joining me. It's always, always good to have you with me. I have a special guest with me. His name is Richard Bonjour, and uh, he is a devoted father. And uh, we're going to go into depth of just exactly what that means. We're going to take it to a whole different level, a whole different dimension. Richard is a very, very busy father. Uh, he is a nurse, and that uh, that is his career. Uh, he's also very, very active with his local church, um, along with everything else that goes on at home and in his community. A very, very busy person. And I'm so, so glad to have him on the show. Richard, thank you so much for joining me. Glad to be a part of this, Jonathan. When you first told me about what you were doing, it's like, I think I want to do something with that. So I appreciate it very much. In my intro here, I just kind of introduced you with so many hats that you wear. And that kind of leads into my first question a little bit, which is with everything that you have going on, and this is a struggle I always have, and I'm sure it's a struggle is very real for many fathers out there, is how do you manage to balance everything that you have going on without shortchanging that quality time with your kids? I think we could spend the rest of the day on that question. <laughs> very true. How do you manage time? Man, that has to be probably one of the hardest things a person gets involved in when when a person gets involved in things in their life. I'm pushing 60 years old and I thought as I got older my time would slow down. Hmm. Yeah, not really. Um but probably the biggest thing that helps me out is especially when I'm going to work in the morning, which is going to be a nurse. I work in a small hospital and there's probably nobody around this. Well, probably nobody around this listening to this that hasn't heard of the word COVID yet. Hmm. And times have gotten very busy in the hospital. I won't go into the intricacies of that because this is not the place for that kind of stuff. But when I go to work in the morning, I have about a 20-minute drive to go to work, and I spend time with the Lord every morning when I go to work, because I ask Him to manage my day, I ask Him to keep track of things for me, I ask Him to help me to work and keep everybody safe. But in the presence of that, in, in I should say in part of that, I also spend some time asking for my loved ones that are at home or at work or at home kids and whatnot. I go I go through a different list, not every day, but depending on what's on my brain and what's on my mind, I go through and ask the Lord to be sure and help them out as well. So I think probably it may sound kind of cliche, but I have the Lord plan my day. And if I'm stressed and if I'm at odds with myself, I ask for peace. 
I asked for time management. I asked for faith to be built so that I can accomplish things better. And that also involves time with family and time with the specific new things that we have going on in my life between my wife and I and the people that are living in my house. So it may sound kind of haphazard, but the Lord helps me manage my day and it helps me manage my time. And without him, I don't know what in the heck I do. You know, that's really interesting. We have this image of masculinity as being something where you are self-reliant, self-sufficient, and you are in control of things and you handle things. And it's it's fast this is fascinating to me because what I'm hearing from the opposite is the opposite extreme of this. I mean, you're still handling things and everything, but you have this you have this dependent on dependence on a much higher power. To help you keep everything in balance. And that is something that, especially in these times, is it stands out as very, very, very different. But it still accomplishes the same goal that everybody else is trying to do. And that goes into my next question, which is, how does that work for you? The job that I do at work, I hear people talking about the issues and the problems and everything that they have. And the concerns family situation, uh, relationships, you name it. There's as many things out there as you could possibly think of. You know, I think um, the other thing too that comes up is, you know, in previous episodes, I have hammered over and over again, and to some extent, the importance for for fathers to rely on a higher power, to to rely on God for their strength, for their anchor. Uh, my last episode was a very painful one to do because I had to go and tell, I, I had to go into my family history and tell the story of how things went wrong in my family from generation to generation. All the challenges that I've ever faced, the abandonment that I experienced, the, ban- the abandonment that my father experienced, yep. Yep. and then trace back to where did that come from? And it traces all the way back to my grandfather and a decision that he made when he fell upon financial hard times. He made a decision to trust a bottle instead of trusting in God. And that's where everything all the way down to my generation went wrong. It started with that, which is why that is so important. We think that, oh, we have to be tough. We have to be this macho person. We have to be able to handle it all because that's what society says. And now we find out society doesn't actually doesn't know anything about what they're talking about. And men who are reliant on God are standing out as being stronger and being more stable fathers and stable husbands. So hearing this is a, is a breath of fresh air to me. Well, what's cool about it is that, yeah, guys are, are meant are supposed to be macho and they're supposed to be strong and they're supposed to be self-reliant. And you can be all those things. I'm not sure the macho part is is what God is looking for, but the the strength that you can pass on to your family and your kids and stuff, if you have and you get that strength from your heavenly Father, we're talking about fathers. I have one. I had I had an earthly father, and I have a heavenly father. And um, if you rely on that strength. If you had a decent father when you were growing up, 
you learned what strength was and you learned how to handle things. And that transposes into strength that you gain from God because if he truly is your father, you can ask him for those things and you may not see them right away in tangible evidence immediately. But if you rely on him, you'll find that your day flows better. You'll find that that your brain is reminded of things that you need to think about, especially if you ask for him for help. And it, it seems kind of superficial. It's like, well, yeah, depend on him. That's all it takes. No, it, it's not all it takes. But if you work together and your father works with you or, or God works with you, you... You, stand, you start to feel the ability to not maybe do more than you were, but it all works in place in, it all works into place like you never expected it to work before. It's like, oh, that's kind of cool. Where'd that come from? <laughs> <laughs> what I hear out of all of that is is that there is a certain amount, if you're going to take this step and you're going to trust God, you're going to trust your heavenly father to plan your day out, to guide you through your day. It doesn't work out really well without trust. At some point you have to, after you have made that effort to reach out to him and, uh, and, and connect with him, you have to let go when you can't visibly see him in front of your face, when you can't hear him the way you hear another human being, you have to rely on trust and have faith. And the funny thing is my experience with that is when you do that, when you start at that point and you maintain that trust, not just after you said the prayer, okay, I trust he's going to, but every single moment of the day, Mm -hmm. you're practicing that trust. You have to, because you'll actually see, and it's amazing. You will see that he's a, just a little bit of step ahead of you mm-hmm. yep. on every little thing, every little detail of your day. It, it's a really amazing thing. It's like every little morsel of trust is rewarded. And when you first start down that path, it's not an easy thing because we're told we have to stand on our own two feet. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, you're standing on your own two feet, but who's propping you up? <laughs> and, and that's where you have to get because you don't necessarily, it's not like talking to somebody face to face, but if you, if you're constantly thinking, yeah, God's got my back, he's going to take care of this, and you let him show you how he can help, I mean, the, the devil will throw everything at you to keep you from trusting in God. But if you can put all that aside and still keep focusing on the fact that God is going to help me through this, you will find that he will, because he's told us that he will never leave our sides. Yeah, I'm not we can't physically see, but if you spend time with him, then you'll be able to tell that he's there. I find too that um, one of the other rewards and benefits I get out of that trust, uh, that trust relationship with God is, is, uh, is, is just peace. That sense of peace that is, It's, it's very true. And when you have that insight, like I said, it's much deeper than even just trust, because like I said, the peace is what goes in deep. And I don't care what human being I'm with or who I'm with. I don't experience that same level of peace that I do 
with my heavenly father when I decide to actually just let go and trust every step of my day and be practicing uh, an awareness of his presence, being very conscious and aware at every point of my day that he is there with me and, and actually trusting at every single moment, not just at the very, very beginning. Right. It just results in peace. And then that peace turns into confidence and it, it just snowballs from there. Well, and you asked about how that, how that might work in helping out your family and the challenge to show them that. If you consistently do that for yourself, it will not, ex- maybe the word expand is not there. But if you start on that journey, your family will see that. They may not see it right away because they're so used to seeing a different side, especially if you've never done it before. But if you start down that journey, they will see a difference. And then they'll begin to wonder, it's like, what is different? And then they'll want to know what is different. And if they, if you and your family continue down that path, it only has positive outcomes. It, it has, there's no way it can have any less because I've seen it happen time and time again. Okay, so now we know we know your secret, your your secret for your strength and uh your your motivation and what drives you through your day. And so now I'm going to go a little bit deeper and I want to and this is really what the show initially is about is the fact that you are a surrogate father. And that is something um in just in social settings, um, in the mainstream media, you name it, nobody talks about this. And yet when you look into it, it is so important. I have benefited from a series of surrogate fathers who have been in my life in the absence of a biological father. And it is to this day, I still benefit from it, which appalls me that no one else is talking about this. So we're going to talk about it here. But it is such a tremendous responsibility, um, especially in your case when you have such a busy life. So we kind of went in reverse with this. And we talked about at the same time, we also started in order because God is first in your life. You start your day with God. Everything for you revolves around God from the very beginning and everything goes outward from there in your life. I should say that it wasn't always that way. I'm almost 60 years old, and there were a number of years in my life when I didn't start my day that way. This process has been a learning experience over time. But as this world is, some people would say, falling apart, I have learned that that's the only place where I can find stability and peace. Because... My life has not always been the way it is right now. So I, I have to add that that I'm not some perfect person because I'm not. But if you spend the time, you will find that you will get the same kind of strength. That gives me a little bit of a clue to how what gave you your strength to become a surrogate father. But how how did that start for you? Kind of interesting. It kind of fell in my lap so to speak, not really, not physically. We'd had a young lady that was coming to church, and she came because she found a place where she could feel comfortable. 
And she was actually brought by another friend who was was brought by another church member. And she came and she found something that she had never found before and she didn't want to lose it. So she kept coming back and kept coming back to church. And we started inviting her over to our house and she started feeling more comfortable and we had helped her out with a couple situations. And she called me one day just in desperation because she had three dogs that the people she was living with said either she got them out, got rid, got, came and got them, or he was going to kill them. So I wasn't sure what else to do, but she was just desperate. So I told her, I said, let's, let's go get the dogs and bring them to the farm. And, um, we found a place to put them, and she'd had car troubles at that point, so she kind of slowly started staying with us a little bit. And the more it progressed, the more potential issues she had, and she had some health concerns and those kind of things. So it, it kind of progressed to it wasn't it was a decision that my wife and I made that we were going to let her stay with us no matter what, her life started to change. I may be digressing from what you asked, Jonathan, but it wasn't, it was a decision that we made to just see where it went, but she started to realize that our home and our relationship between my wife and I was something that she had never, ever found before. And she wanted to be a part of it. Now, she'd had a pretty, a, a life like I have never even touched before. She had, she's had a life that is probably like a lot of other people's lives out there. But there was no home life. There was no family. She had it when she was younger, but it fell apart around the age of 10 to 14. And then she just kind of survived on her own for a long time. And when she started to come to live with us, she got the idea, or she started to see what having a father might be like. Because the first thing she started understanding, which was very hard for what what unconditional love is, and I'm not sure anybody that has never experienced it really knows what unconditional love is. Because unconditional love loves regardless of what's going on. And it doesn't affect if you get mad. It doesn't affect if you hurt yourself. It doesn't affect if if something falls apart. Unconditional love is always there because that's what we get from God. God has unconditional love for us. And he will love us regardless. He loves us whether we're murderers. He loves us whether we've done bad things. He still loves us. And that's what unconditional love is all about. And that's kind of how I fell into the role of surrogate father because she needed somebody and we had the ability to give it to her. And it just kind of evolved from there. Was it a gradual process where you, yes, very much where so. you realized it? Um, it? It went in stages because first we told her that as long as she needed it, the room would be hers. Well, as she started to feel more comfortable with us, she started to see needs that she had never had before because she was 
she prided herself on the ability to take care of herself. And she had never decided she needed anybody or anything. And as she realized that, yeah, maybe it was okay to need, which she's still struggling for it, struggling for at times, she started to realize the need that she wanted a father because she didn't before. She didn't trust men, period. And it was in a gradual process of her finding she wanted a father and me being able to give her that ability. And the love has as well has grown over time because at first it started as she needs a place to live. But as we became more familiar with each other and we spent time talking and we had long talks, hours sometimes, it, it, I don't want to say it evolved. Maybe it did, but it just progressed to that point. And now we have become mom and dad. And she tells everybody that she's glad she has a mom and dad like she never thought she'd ever have. That is, that is an amazing, amazing story, uh, an amazing experience. Have you seen a big change from the time that you took her in till, till now? What does that change look oh. like? Hmm. She was very hurt. She was very angry. She was very dissatisfied with life. She was very dissatisfied with God. She has some health problems as well, and she was dissatisfied with her body. She was just a very upset and unhappy girl. And as time has progressed, and she has learned, ultimately she has learned what God's love is all about. And she has gone to more and more to trusting God herself than she ever had when she came because she knew there was a God out there and she knew that he loved him, loved her, quote unquote, but she didn't understand what that was. And as she has gotten to experience love, her hard exterior has softened immensely. And she's not the same person she was before she came to live with us. And I, that, I don't say that to say, to mean, We've done some miraculous thing because we haven't. God has changed her life and he's changed her ability to see things. And she, he, she has realized what love can do for a person. Love is not a physical thing. Well, yeah, it's physical. It can be part of it. But love is so much more than that. And love can permeate your ability to realize that there is more to your existence than just physical, tangible, I want this, I need that. If I don't get this, I'm going to do this. And if I'm mad at you, too bad, you're going to reap my results. Love is much more than that because once you experience God's love, your outlook on life changes drastically. Sounds to me like um, a lot of what was happening there in, the, in that dynamic is almost like the glass or the bowl analogy um you were filled with with god's love you ex you have experienced it firsthand you experience it daily and you are filled uh you are a complete you are a whole man a whole father and so when it comes to being being a surrogate father and being in that role you have all this love to give because you feel loved yourself from your heavenly father. And it, it right. literally seems like it's just 
spilling down to her from you. Yeah, it is. And that's the way God intended love to be. You know, he set up our first families to understand love, both physically, mental, spiritual. And that's the way he intended us for it to be, because love comes from God, true love. I mean, yeah, we can talk about love. We have love for this and we have love for that. But true love only comes from a relationship that you can pass on. Back up. True love only comes from a relationship with God that you can pass on to somebody else. I had the privilege of understanding what love it was for my parents. And I don't know as that happens all that much anymore, which is very, very sad. But the more we could pass on, the more ability we have to pass on love to people, the better this world would be. And right now, everybody hates and everybody is scared and everybody is fearful. And if they could understand the depth of love and protection that God can give us, a lot of that fear and that paranoia and that anger and that hurt would go away. It's just that nobody ever finds it anymore. It's, uh, it is hard to describe um, because everything you're describing Maybe not all of it, but there's lots, there are a lot of parts to this that I've just had the joy and the privilege of, of witnessing. And I know she's told her story before and in the setting where that happened, there was not a, at least that I could see, there was not a dry eye to be found anywhere yeah. in that place um, when everyone heard just the tremendous work that, that God has done in her life. Yes. Not just directly in her life, but she also was very specific about how she experienced God's love uh, through you, uh, through your whole household. It wasn't even just you, it was the whole household. But this is kind of where it starts to become almost like a almost like a nuke bomb or a mushroom cloud that just goes outward and outward and outward. Because when we go back to it, and I hope I'm not making you uncomfortable with this. No, but you are responsible for creating the environment in your household that she benefits from to where she not only has a surrogate father, she has a surrogate mother who loves mm -hmm. her. She has surrogate siblings who have taken her in as, as one of their own. Where did your kids learn that? Where did everybody in your household become like that? And I think that's where I see this big snowball that just goes outward. And then when I try to make it compact inward to figure out, okay, what's the moment? Where does it all start? Where does it come from? It, it, it takes me back to the beginning of this interview yeah. where it starts with you personally. It starts with you personally. And if you've never had that experience before, then it needs to start with you because you have to find and nobody finds it the same way. My experience is not somebody else's experience. Mine actually came from me experiencing love from my, from my mother and father. And I was blessed to already understand and be able to know what that meant. Because to me, we live on a farm and it was started by my, 
my uncle and my dad. And it's kind of been there ever since because the farm has always been our stability. But more than that, the stability that we learned about was from my folks. And my dad was a very spiritual person as well. And if you use, if you can use the phrase trickle down effect, that works because we got to experience it firsthand. And all of my siblings and I wanted to make sure that we had that for our kids. So in some ways, it's, it's come from me, but it's also come from my folks. And my kids haven't grown up the way I expected them to. I thought they would get it by osmosis. Nah. They've had their hard times as well. They've had their things that they've had to change, things that they've had to fix. You know, nobody's perfect, and I am certainly not perfect. But lo- God's love transcends all of that. And if a person can experience that love, and I know it sounds archaic, and I know it sounds... Uh, like pie in the sky, but it truly is not. Because if you can find it and you can pass it on, you get back as much as you gave and it just keeps building and building and building and building. And it's really cool to watch because I've seen it in my surrogate daughter because I have watched her change and I've watched her grow and I've watched her realize just a little bit what life should be and truly is all about. That kind of makes me curious because um, when we, when most people think about surrogate fatherhood, they think about the investment, the physical energy, the emotional investment that it's going to require of them to do that as if it's this big, huge effort and this big, huge drain. So the other question, intuitive question that goes into people's minds and even has gone into my mind as well is what are the benefits? What do you get out of this from, from start to finish? How does it benefit you? It's not, you were talking about benefits. It's not, how do you qualify benefits? It's an interesting word. (laughs) For most people benefits are tangible things that you can have things that you can spend things that make your life better i've learned to be a person that was a little more extroverted when i grew up i was very introverted i didn't really spoke speak unless i was spoken to i didn't have a lot of input to put in Nursing has kind of changed me a little bit because I've had no choice but to (laughs) be a little bit extroverted. But my wife has also helped me build that a little bit because she is very much an extrovert, you know, opposite the track. But my daughter came into our lives. It was, it's been hard. We've had some rough spots, screaming matches at times, actually. Um, But to me, the benefit is watching a person that thought that the world was a horrible place to find out that the world does have some bright spots. And the bright spots are centered around the fact that there is love out there if you know where to look for it and you know where to find it. 
and watching this person realize that all the trouble she had over the years can make a person who they are, but but to learn that there is somehow a way to make yourself feel good and make yourself feel happy with the situation that you have, even though it still may not be the greatest, to watch a person learn how to find that for themselves is maybe as much of a benefit as anything. Because, yeah, I'm not getting any extra money, but I found a new daughter and I have found the ability to pass on something that has meant so much to me over the years. And maybe from her, it can go on to her siblings and some of those other things. Because if you think about it in a global, not global sense, but even a local or, or a small, a small area around you that you have associations with, if people could understand that and learn there wouldn't be so much hate. There wouldn't be so much hurt. People wouldn't get killed as easily. People wouldn't be, well, let's just call it, people wouldn't be raped because they know they would understand what love truly means. They would know that fighting and ugliness is not the way to solve anything. But you don't see that much in the world anymore. Sounds to me like the... Uh the benefit that's there for you is a very, very deep seated down to the soul level, uh, satisfaction that you have caused a ripple effect in in the world through, through your daughter. Between myself and my spouse and the people around us, we have been able to pass on something that we have found. And I hope the ripple gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Because that would be cool. It's really fascinating. Like I, when when your daughter's in a room anywhere, it doesn't matter who's in the room with her. When she shows up, it's it's an entirely different energy level. The place just <laughs> lights up. Uh, her personality. Yeah. <laughs> she's a um definitely it it just adds a sense of um uh, it, it's it's hard to be around her. It's hard to be in this social setting um with her and and just not light up yourself and not feel happy and not feel joy it's it's very contagious but when she's talked about her faith and i've heard her just go on and on about her source of strength and inside you know i'm just kind of leaping inside because i realize where this is coming from because i i've known her years ago and um, she's from what I can see of her. I mean, just from what I've experienced, like she is not anywhere near now where she was when I first knew her and hearing her talk about her faith and just how she overcomes every day, the time that she spends with God and hearing her talk about those things just almost just gives you the chills and just gives you this surge of inspiration that, you know what I can, she makes it seem so simple and so easy. I can do that. I can have that same strong relationship with God too. I can be, can. I can be this conqueror. I can go out and just take things by the horns and I can do pretty much anything. It's, it's a, that's the, that's, 
that's the cool part about it because you truly can. It may not necessarily be easy, but God gives us the ability to do it if we ask and if we stick with it. You know, it, it's not something that you can try as like, ah, that ain't for me and go away and still expect it to be there because it won't be. It's something that you have to work at. And that's the same way with family. That's the same way of being a father. It's something you have to work at just as well as making a loving relationship with your spouse. It doesn't just happen. It's something you have to work for and work through and work at. And being a father is the same thing because you bring yourself into being a father. And if you've never, it's, it's really hard for a person that's never actually seen what fathers are supposed to be like. If you've never had that, it's twice as hard. But we can still find that relationship if we spend time with God because he will show us through his word what it means to be a father because he is a father to us. And if we see his relationship with us, then we can turn around and give it back to who we're connected with as well. What is your challenge to fathers today, given all the messages, the negative messages that are out there uh, in society and social media? Uh, fathers are just getting hammered nowadays. Right. And in that environment, you're sitting down with that father face to face. What is your challenge to that father? Don't give up on your kids. My oldest son got married sooner than we thought he should have. And at this point now, he says, yeah, I got married sooner than I should have. And his divorce was kind of gut-wrenching. And um, for a period of time, he felt like the world turned against him. And he basically became a recluse. And the only person he would connect with would be me. And everybody else kind of turned their back on him, or at least it appeared so at the time. He said, Dad, you are the only person that I ever felt like never turned away from me. And yeah, it scared me for a long time. I wasn't sure where he was going. He gave up on God. He gave up on life. He became more or less a hermit except for work. But then he made some decisions that I thought were kind of strange to begin with. Probably wouldn't have been decisions I made. But I think the Lord was guiding in his life because now he has found a new relationship and a person that's more evenly matched with him. And he has found his relationship with God again. And they are building a family together as to what I was hoping for, for him to begin with. Now, his, his ex has a relationship now with her new husband, and their grandkids are doing very well, and they are doing well too. So I guess my, my, my clue, my challenge is don't give up on your kids and don't give up on yourself for being there for your kids. Because if you have ever felt love and you have ever felt love from God, go find it again. And then don't give up on your kids. Show them what that love is about. And you will reap the benefits immensely because they will reap them as well. 
when I look back on all of this, your father had so much power and he wielded that power, but he wielded it for good. And it started with his source of power and his source of strength, which was his relationship with God that went on from generation to generation because it went on to you and it's gone on to your kids and it's gone on to your daughter. And now it's going outward with everyone that they, that their lives touch. Mm -hmm. It is. And, and that's the cool part because true love never stops in one spot. It continues to spread and it continues to grow because people are hungry for that. I can see it in the ER when they come in and they're hurting and they want somebody to care. And sometimes it's kind of hard to care because you are human as well. But if you, if you hang on to that and are able to pass on that compassion and that concern, because that's what love is, true love. And every time you do that, it makes some person's world a little bit brighter. And especially for fathers, if they can pass that on, they will gain their kids versus losing them. Mm. That's so important. So important. I am so grateful for your time. I'm so grateful for this time that we've had to just chat and, and talk about some of the more, most important things in life. And it's not my wisdom. It's God's wisdom. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for everything you've shared. And uh, thank you for just opening up a little bit of your life for us to learn from. It's, it's really appreciated. And to you listening in, thank you so much for being here with me as well. It's always appreciated. It's always good to have you here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. If you enjoyed the show and are getting value out of it, There are two ways you can support this podcast. One is by hitting the follow option on your favorite listening app. This will make it easier to see all the episodes and receive notifications when a new episode is released. The other is by checking out some of the swag in our store. They make great gifts for the holiday, a birthday, or any reason, and they help spread the word about this great movement. The link to the store is in the show description below. Thank you for your support and I'll see you in the next episode.